Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you and enjoy. Good morning. It has been quite the morning. Again, I apologize for those of you who are watching online because you're not watching online. (laughs) You're listening online. You're listening online. But hey, uh, man, don't you love technology, right? It's awesome. Okay, makes it, you don't like it. You'd like it. You don't like it. I know. We, 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 it's so interesting when, with technology. When, you, when it does not work, you realize how much you rely on it. So much. So, but hey, we're, the good thing is that we can gather together and we can experience what God wants to speak to us and how he wants to talk to us regardless of technology. And so if the mic stops working, I'm going to still talk, right? And so we're going to just keep on going. So we're excited that you guys are here again. Family, friends, welcome, welcome, welcome. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Okay, are you just saying that just to say it? Yeah. <laughs> Some of you guys, yeah, yeah. Okay, really quick though, how many of you actually um, um, did a, like a Thanksgiving dinner or a meal, and while you did that, you prayed over it, but in particular, you actually held hands, and then you prayed. Anybody did that? Any, okay, okay, old school it, okay. If you're like, old school it, yeah, you did, you did, right? Some of you are like, no, we did not, it's Corona. No, we did not. We didn't hold hands. We didn't even show up, whatever, whatever. But I think people do. What I realized is that um, when I, uh, I came from a Muslim background, and so I came into Christianity, I realized how many, uh, how often people, Christians, hold hands. They do. Every excuse to hold hands, they'll do it. Let's pray together. Hold hands. We got a meal. Pray, hold hands. Say grace. Hold hands. Pray for gas. Hold Hold hands. We just hold hands. There's a lot of hand-holding. Now, how many of you have ever experienced a moment where you've held someone's hand for too long? <laughs> how many, right? It's like, it's been too long. You're like, it's, it's, it's terrible. Have you ever had mo- have a moment you're like, I am so sticky right now. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, this was fine in like, like as a toddler, but I'm a teenager, or I'm, I might have grown adult. Why am I holding this guy's hand? Like, I don't want to. I mean, I mean, seriously, I just don't want to do that, right? Well, this morning, I want to talk about holding hands. That's why, that's why I bring it up. Because we're in a series uh, called Glow, and we've been talking about how Jesus calls us uh, the light of the world. So if you want to jump right into it, we'll just go to the first scripture. Here is what Jesus said in Matthew uh, chapter 5, verse 14. Help me out, for, especially for the live stream uh, group over here. Can you help me read this verse out loud? It says what? You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. He says you, as the church, are the light of the world, not just you as an individual. No, when we come together as a collective, we can be the light in darkness. We can come in and change the room. We can change the atmosphere. We can change the perspective. We can actually bring things to light if we are, in fact, light. 
But the passage of Scripture keeps on going. The last two weeks we talked about it. It keeps on going because he explains to us that our good works, our good deeds, bring the light. They cause, they manifest God's light. And so when you and I want to live a life that is light, we have to look at our lives, look at our actions, look at the way we live, and then we go, okay, am I a light to where I work? Am I a light uh, to my family? Were you a light to uh, your family in Thanksgiving? Or you're like, no, there was no light. There's no light. Or some of you are like, you know what? I really did. Because last week, I challenged you that if we're going to take this seriously, then going into Thanksgiving, that being a light means that we're, we're healers. You see, first week, we started about, started about talking about how being a light means we're here to help. And the week after that was we're, being a light means we're here to heal. That we are, in fact, not just ones that have been healed, that God wants to and could do a more, like a greater miracle through you than just for you. And you and I have the opportunity and the honor to do that and experience that. And so this week, I think that we need to kind of, I want to propose that we are, uh, we are here also to hold. Now you're like, hold hands? Yeah, we're actually here to hold. Not just to help, not just to um, heal, but in fact to hold. hold, holding people's hands. Now, I don't know what you think about holding people's hands, but I know that you and I understand that expression, don't you? Because you have grown up with holding someone's hand. So there, was a, there was a moment in your life that, uh, that because someone physically or emotionally held your hand, you are where you are. And for some of us, some people let go of our hands, and that's why we are where we are. And it's interesting, when you look at the scriptures, God is connected, connects spiritual life to holding hands. In fact, this idea of God holding our hand, which is, by the way, profound. It, like, if you grew up in a different religion, I'm not quite sure if you realize this, that the, when, when the scriptures, especially in the Old Testament and New Testament, talk about this God who wants to hold humanity's hands, it is a very unique concept. It's not found necessarily in Islam. It's not found in different world religions that this God is so personal that he wants to hold your hand. Let me read you this passage. It's pretty interesting. This is Isaiah 41, and it says this. For I, the Lord, your God, what? Help me out. What? Does what? Hold your right hand. It is, it is I who say to you what? Fear not. I am the one who helps you. See, for some of you, you need to hear that. Your soul needs to hear that, that God is the one who has held your hand. And if you might even feel like you're slipping away, uh, uh, let me just tell you, he is committed to holding your hand. And for some of us, our spiritual journey is that. Our spiritual journey was like you kind of felt like you were holding his hand or he held your hand. And at some point, you even let go. And you're like, I'm, I'm on my own for a while now. But are you? Maybe you are. But God never lets go of his grip. He's the God. He says, he says, I'm the God. Fear not. I'm here with you. I'm here to help. But our spiritual uh, immaturity lies not in the fact that we understand that God holds our hand. Spiritual maturity lies in the, in the reality that you and I are supposed to hold each other's hands. That we are hand holders. That we live a spirituality that says we are comfortable enough, we are mature enough emotionally, spiritually, psychologically to hold people's hands, especially people's hands that don't necessarily um, uh, 
are like us. See, holding people's hands is tough. Sometimes people don't want, to want you to hold their hands. Sometimes people want you to give up on a relationship long before you are ready to give up on a relationship. For some of us, we're so broken that when people get really close to us, when we actually realize that, hey, this could actually work out to be something beautiful, there's something inside of us that pushes people away. Have you ever had that? People push you away. And you're like, why are you pushing me away? Because they have not lived a life that people have held on to them even then when they were just not unlovable, when they were not lovable. When they were doing things that you're like, I'm not quite sure what you're doing here, but you kept on holding their hand. See, I look at the last two years and I think, man, I, have, I wonder how many people's hands have I let go? And how many people have let go of my hand? And the truth is we all have stories about that. We all have stories about that. But there's something about our spiritual maturity that's connected to God saying, whose hand are you willing to hold? And how long are you willing to hold this person's hand? And see, the problem is, is that sometimes, sometimes you can get in trouble holding someone's hand. Because other people will go, why are you still in a relationship with them? Why do you still care for them? Why are you still talking to this person? Why, 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 why? And it can get really sticky. Why are you holding this person's hand? Have you ever had that experience? Like, why are you still friends with them? Why are you still talking to them? Why, why you do that? Why do you associate with them? You know, you know who they are. You know what they're like. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know. And I'll, I'll tell you what, Christians love that. Even, I mean, it's, it's, people, Christians love this idea of like talking about like, you know this church does such, 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 such. Why are you in this? Why are you in association? Why is this? Why is that? Why is that? And yet, the scriptures point to the fact that spiritual maturity lies in the reality that we hold other people's hands, even though when it gets rough. Now, I gotta be honest, when I first was writing this, I, I don't know why, it took me back to a memory where I, in fact, almost got arrested, I kid you not, because I was holding someone's hand. Now you're like, where is this? Some of you who know me, you're like, the Middle East. <laughs> and it was probably a woman, right? Yeah, in the Middle East, I, so I grew up in Kuwait, and I remember, oh, I remember, so, so, uh, uh, for context, okay, in the Middle East, certain parts of the Middle East and certain countries, they have this, uh, they have police, but then they also have morality police. Wow. So they walk around and they go, okay, first of all, you're only supposed to hold the, your spouse's hand or someone you're related to, okay, when it comes to the opposite sex. There is no dating. There's none of that. You have to be engaged. It's serious. Um, it does not happen. And so here I am right? Teenager, I'm like, ha ha, I can do whatever I want to. Yeah, I'm going to hold her hand. Okay, this is before someone else, you know, Ashley. <laughs> okay, and uh, so I was like, I'm holding her hand, man. And uh, she was holding my hand. I was like, I'm holding her hand. And so we're walking around, and uh, we get busted. We get busted. They show up, and they, they're, they're, they see us in our group, a bunch of us, uh, as teenagers walking around, and I'm holding her hand, and she, he's, they stop us, they pass us, and they stop us, and I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. And the first thing they ask is for an ID, because I grew I was born and raised there, but you're still an immigrant there, and it's always papers and all that. So I show my ID, and they're like, okay, okay. They're like, uh, why were you holding her hand? I was like, I wasn't holding her hand. <laughs> they're like, there, you were holding her hand. And then, and then this was funny. They're like, is she your sister? Now, back in the day, just to give you context, I had never read the Bible, right? 
But now, after reading the Old Testament, I get it, Abraham. You remember that story, anybody? Abraham lied, right, when he got in trouble. He was like, that's, uh, that's not my wife, that's my sister. Right? I was like, uh-huh. It's like, you guys are related. I was like, mm-hmm. Well, it's not on the papers. I'm like, yeah, it's not. It's not the ID, last, last name. That's the, like, he's a, she's a cousin, 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 cousin. Here's the funny thing. She was Indian. I'm Pakistani. There's no way we're related. So I lied, <laughs> but and I got away from it. So interesting, isn't it? I know, for some of you guys, like, that is such a weird story. Yes, yes, I have so much therapy needed <laughs> in my life. Yeah, it's so many crazy things. You know what's interesting about that, though, is that I find myself as a, pa- a pastor now getting busted for holding p- certain people's hands. I find myself being criticized because I'm holding someone, someone's hand. I have actually heard people talk about, even our community, they go, oh, yeah, Mosaic is this, this they, they, you, know, you know they do this, this, this. And I don't even know what, what, whatever this is, but it's always either side. It's always either side. And I wonder, I wonder, like, uh, uh, how much trouble, in a sense, um, is that worth holding someone else's hand? It's knowing that this person, and regardless of, the, of wh- what they are, like as in they're opposite sides of either the political uh, uh, spectrum or they're opposite sides of their like, values and philosophies or maybe even Christianity or non-Christianity or religion. Like uh, how, who, who are we supposed to associate with and who are we not supposed to associate with? I wonder if we have learned a Christianity somehow that says, no, no, there are certain people you hold hands with and other people you don't. You don't. And yet God wants us to be the light of the world. Yet God wants us to be, to invade the world with heaven. And yet God, Jesus, comes in and holds people's hands all the time, especially people uh, that are on opposite sides of morality and spirituality. Opposite sides. And so let me take you to a story that will give, that illustrates it so well. Maybe some of you have heard this story. But if you haven't, it's, pretty, it's a pretty interesting story. This is found in John. John tells a story of Jesus. And let me, so let me read it to you. It says, when Jesus entered the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. Okay, so he's at a place at the temple. I just want you to know this happens in a temple. A crowd soon gathered and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd, and he, what did they say? Teacher, they said to Jesus, this man was caught, this man, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to what? Stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him by saying something that they could use against him. Now, this passage, this, this phrase, this verse 6, is so important for you to understand the psychology behind people who have issues when you hold other people's hands. They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use what? Against him. Against him. They had an agenda. They had an agenda. And just I want you to know, uh, hear, uh, hear this, when you, when you hear people say things and when you hear people's conversations about an agenda more than actual people, there's a problem. People sometimes rather just would pick policies and pick 
perspectives and pick sides than over people. Because there's something about us that wants to be on the right side of everything. But yet, we find that this speaks to having an agenda or not having the agenda. Is the agenda people or is it something, something else? So, what happens? But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. He stood up again and said, all right. Now, the question is, how long did he stay down there? How aggravated was that? And was that intentional? Have you ever asked a question and someone just doesn't say anything? You're like, oh, oh my gosh. Did you not hear me? Are you, you can't ghost me while I'm looking at you. Like, that's not how it works. That's called ignoring. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Right? What are you doing? So he, he gets up. Right? They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, all right. But I tell, uh, but, but, but let, the, let the one who has never sinned throw the first, what? Stone. Then he stooped down again, wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, because they're smart. And they've got a lot of life, which means a lot of sin. Until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. When Je- then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more. So we know the story. You might, you might have heard of it. So, uh, one pastor called, uh, did a sermon on this, and he ser- titled the sermon, um, Stoners and Swingers. <laughs> and I was like, I wish I could call that. I, I wish I could do that. So I didn't say it, just so you guys know. Just so you know, okay? Some of you guys are still trying to get it. Like, what? Oh! Oh, you get it? You get it? Okay, so here's what's interesting about that. This, in the context, was that while this was happening, why was Jesus in the temple? Because it was the Feast of the Tabernacle. That means a lot of people were in town. In fact, it was the last festival of, 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 um, of the winter. So they, 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 it was a big deal um, to them, and so the town was filled with a lot of people. And historians say that people would camp out, camp out in the city because there was not enough place um, the infrastructure in the city was not enough to house all the people, so people would set up camp, and there would be a lot of drinking, and there would be a lot of having fun, and there was a celebration and all that, and there are, is a very re- easy chance that people, when they start drinking and there's a lot of people in their tents, you end up in the wrong tent. There's a lot of this. So sometimes we go, oh, no, she was caught in adultery. This was a relationship. No, no, the context is very different. That's why there's no guy involved, right? That's why, like, where was the other guy? Well, because this was, this was something that the, the spiritual people were going, I can't believe these people are camping out over here and having fun and all this. We are religious people. We're on one side. These people are on this side. And here's what we're going to do. Jesus always likes these people who do all these crazy things. This first miracle, which, by the way, was what? Turning water into what? Wine. He started all this. So what, he, what do they do? They, get, they find a person. It doesn't matter who it is. They find one person who, I, again, again, this could be just my opinion, just my opinion, ended up in the wrong tent. And they're like, look what happened. Grabs her, grabs this person who is not related to a significant family. That's why they were able to get her. So, and she's out of town. So she's from our towner, perfect victim for their agenda. 
So he brings them in, brings her in, and then shows up where? In a, at, at, at a, on the street? No, at the service, the church service. Again, they are making a, 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 like a significant point here. They're doing it in the temple, bringing her in the temple. And then they go, hey, pick a side. That was the big idea. They had an agenda. They were like, we're going to either trap him to accuse him because this guy refuses to hold sides. And then Jesus does the ultimate thing, right? He starts writing in the sand, and he gets up and says, well, okay, the first one, who hasn't sinned, let's do it. What is he doing there? All of a sudden, he's saying, you're on this side, you spiritual people, uh, Pharisees, teachers of the law, you don't party, you don't do anything, you've never done anything wrong, and then you got the rest of the people who have messed up, who've done certain things, who are not perfect, and there's no connection. There's no connection. And let me just draw something out and show you what really truly connects both of you. Who among you has never sinned? And all of a sudden, it seems like Jesus steps in, into the middle and he goes, let me hold your hand and let me hold your hand. Let me just tell you, here's what's happening. You sin, you sin. And I forgive it. So he was not just saying that, hey, 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 I'm, gonna, uh, I'm forgiving her. No, I'm forgiving you too. Which, by the way, it's interesting because that same temple is where Jesus ends up on trial as well. So it feels like he kind of knew what was going on. Now, I I don't even know what he was writing in the sand. People have all kinds of stories of what he's writing in the sand. I'm not quite sure. But I do know that the the part of the the, the ceremony of, of, of the Feast of Tabernacle had like weeks of like sermons that these guys actually did. And there, there might have been just parts of their talk that he was writing out, all kinds of things. But here's one, something that I don't want us to miss. What I don't want us to miss is there is Jesus holding someone's hand that they're saying, no, no, you do not hold this person's hand. Jesus is doing something that you and I um, are challenged by, challenged by saying, okay, will you hold someone up, support them? Will you stand with them in a sense? Will you be in a relationship with them even though they have kind of messed up or they continue to mess up? Will you do that? Will I do that? You see, I look at the story and there's so many amazing um, uh, takeaways from the story and people have done great jobs preaching this mess, this, this passage. But I think for me, I go, okay, hold up. What does this mean? This means that people always matter more than agendas. People matter more. Do values matter? Of course. Do perspectives matter? Of course. Of course. Of course. But people matter more. People matter more. For Jesus, it was not the, 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 this, this agenda they had it was her soul. It was like, hey, where did your accusers go? I, I, don't, I don't accuse you either. I don't accuse you either. And his, his spiritual discipleship is, hey, don't do that again. Go and sin no more. Hey, don't do this. 
it seems like Jesus was like, hey, there's something deeper going on here. And I think the challenge for us is, is this idea of will we do that? Will we put ourselves in a sticky situation in a sense where we are holding both sides hands. Will we do that? Actually, you know, what's interesting is, is like, I was th- as I was thinking about this, I, I, my, my dad passed away um, several years ago. And uh, uh, I, I don't know if you've taken care of a, of a parent that, you know, slowly um, is, uh, their health is going downhill, but it's tough. It's tough to, like, take care and provide for them. And, and what I mean by that, I mean, I'm talking about, like, like just being like helping them with their clothes and helping them take a bath and helping them with all kinds of things. It's, it's, it's so, um, it's, it's humbling. It, it messes with you. Um, it's, it's, it is beautiful, but it's, it's just tr- tricky. And I just got to be honest with you. Like um, when my dad started uh, going downhill, his, his health, I, I was really angry at him for a while. I mean, not like, super angry. I was just kind of upset at him. And the reason why is because I was like, you could have avoided this. I don't know if you guys can relate, but I was like, and I'm helping him up, and I'm, I'm helping him out of things. I'm like, and I'm trying to get him to walk, uh, I remember. And I'm like, why are you just not doing this? Like, I remember snapping at him and then hating the fact that I did it. I was like, I love you, but I'm like, I can't believe you. You let yourself go. You let yourself go. You got yourself in this mess. Have you ever related? Can you relate to that? Like looking at people's lives and you're like, I want to hold your hand, but I'm so mad at you. Like why did you get, let yourself get addicted? Why did you let yourself get unhealthy? Why did you let yourself get into debt? Why did you let yourself do this? Because we love them and we want to help them, but while you're holding their hand, you're like, I want to smack you too. Like I really am upset. And it's tough. It's tough. Because at some point you're like, I just don't want to even help you because I'm so upset. And some people have walked away from relationships that have been so hard. You're like, I, I, just, it's just, I, it's, I, just, I don't want to do this. I just don't want to do this. So I get it. I get for some of us you can relate. And for others of us, it's not as dire, but it's, it is as sticky. You're like, I don't want to hold this person's hand anymore, and I don't want to be in this relationship anymore, and I don't want because they're the opposite ends of it. They, they, they're swingers and they're stoners. And I don't want to hold anybody's hand. Actually, I don't. I really don't want to do any of this. So when I tell you, find yourself in the story, you're like, I don't want to be in this story. Let's find another story. But yet, spiritual maturity calls us to be in the story and to be Jesus in the story. That you're actually holding the hands of the swinger and the stoner. Would we do that? Should we do that? Yes and yes, and we can, and we must. Uh, Kristen, who's one of our uh, pastors, she coined a term which we've been using as kind of our value at Mosaic. Because this past couple of years have, man, you know this, and I, we, we felt this, man, Everybody's divided. Like people are, are picking sides left and right. There's been a huge uh, uh, uproar, not uproar, I would say a, a, like a, um, 
a sifting, even uh, a sh- the disheveling or whatever you want to call it in church, meaning people are like jumping ship in a sense of the, even, the, the, even, even Christianity or evangelicalism or their denomination or their church. People are just moving around They're like, I'm letting, letting go of that hand, I'm letting go of this hand. And for some people, they've let go of all hands. And that's why even right now, sadly, they're not even listening or watching because they're like, I'm done. I'm done. I had a conversation with this person recently who, who, who grew up in a different faith just like mine, had a radical experience with, with Jesus, and now is like, you know what? I just need a break. I don't even know what I believe anymore. I'm done. For about six months, I'm done. And I'm like, I get, I get it. I understand. Why? And the reason is, is because when you look at the life of people who say they love God, you look at them, and they're not holding anyone's hand. They're walking around doing whatever they want to do. And yet the scriptures call us that if you and I are going to be the light of the world, then you and I have to show people what that means. And that means we hold hands and we should hold hands on both sides. That means both sides of whatever. We hold people's hands. Can they let go? Of course. They have every right to. But we are committed to holding people's hands. Hey, why do you do this? Why do you know this? Why do you have these people in your life? Why do you allow this? Why aren't you guys like this? Why aren't you guys like this? When it comes to theology, politics, when it comes to all kinds of theories out there, we hold people's hands. We have to. Stoners and swingers, we're in the middle. We're in the middle. But what would it look like for you to do that in your own life? What would it? I think it would change the game for some of you. And some for you, you are challenged because you are the one that let go. You are the one who let go. And maybe, just maybe God's saying, hey, 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 you need to go back and hold their hand. Because people need support. People need people in their life to hold them up. Friends, you read the news, I read the news, you know this pandemic is like never ending, it seems like. Man, we are in this, friends. And we as a church have to hold each other up. Because guess what? The world is going to fall apart. And who is going to hold people's hands if it's not the church of Jesus? But if we let go of people, if we let go of people's hands, we let go of a relationship, and we let, and for some of them, we have let go of hope for them. And so I want to I ask you, let's not be those. Let's, let's be people who go, you know, no, we don't have an agenda. The agenda is people. It is people. It will always be people. What does that mean? Is it, it's not clear cut. I know. It's messy. It's messy. It's messy. The life of Jesus is so messy. He goes and hangs out with this crew. They're mad. He goes and hangs out with this crew. They're mad. At the end, everybody seems to be mad. Or is he doing something on purpose? Because guess what? God, God is holding this person's hands, whatever this person is, who's not like you, who, is a, who, who you can't even, when you look at their ideology, you're like, I despise their ideology. And I understand that. I get that. But let's not despise the person. Let's not give up on people. You give up on people. Man, we give up on this world. And Jesus never gave up on people, and neither should we. 
So lastly, I want to say this. Maybe you felt that God has given up on you. Like he has let go of your hand. And let me read you this passage. It's one of my favorite psalms. It's, it's a favorite psalm. It's, it's Psalm 73. The whole uh, past, the whole, uh, it's one of my favorite ones, but I'll just read you just part of it. It says here, it says, uh, verse 22, it says, I was so foolish and arrogant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. This is um, David just talking about uh, talking to God. And he goes, I, I, and then he says, yet, yet I still belong to you. Help me out with the next phrase. What? You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me in a glorious destiny. And then he says, whom? Whom have I in heaven but you? And I desire you more than anything on earth. My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Forever. Man, what would it look like for us to hold people's hands? But what would it look like for you to reach out your hand once again and feel God holding your hand? Being the light of the world means we are here to hold. We hold people up. We do this. Let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you so much. So much for who you are and how you've challenged us, God, to be like you. As even the scriptures say, God, that those of us who claim to know you need to live like you. And if we're going to bear your name, God, then we have to live just like you. We have to act just like you. God, I'm not quite sure what it means for people to hold hands right now on either side. But I do know this, God, that so many things in our life cause us to let, want to let go of people's hands. And God, there are so many people right now who are thinking, but people have let go of my hand. God, I know. I know loss and grief, confusion, this, 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 this madness that seems to be going on, God, in our world, this continual just anxiety that has, in fact, become an epidemic. God, in the midst of all of that, people are just doing things. And some of us have experienced those. Then in the midst of all this, people have let go of their spouse's hands. People have let go of their parents' hands. People have let go of their friends' hands. People have let go of people. They're pursuing something else. God, you know us. You know why we let go of people's hands. But God, I thank you that you are faithful. You are faithful in holding ours. You're faithful, God, that when we come back to you, 
in a sense, when we just acknowledge this and when we reach out our hand and we open up our fist and allow our hands to be held, God, you hold our hand. God, I pray that you remind us of that. As we respond in different ways, as we're in this space, maybe we light a candle, maybe we go to the cross, maybe for some of us we receive communion, reminding ourselves that you've never let go of us. God, I pray that you would speak to us and challenge us to not just believe in you, but follow you and live and act like you, Jesus. God, I pray that Mosaic would be truly a city on a hill, a light of the world, as we move together in love. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.